folks. Thanks for tuning in again today. Pastor Mike, on behalf of myself and Rick, we uh, like to welcome you to the Red River Rising. Today's part two of our series on it's not what you got, but who's got you. We're going to recap a little bit about the uh, rich young ruler who had gone to Jesus and Jesus had told him what to do and uh, how he left away with a heavy heart. So without further ado, let's get into it. God bless you. And I hope that uh, you enjoy it and it blesses you as well. That's right. Now, one other thing I've seen this preached on, and I believe it's taken out of context with it, is that you got to sell off everything you own. In order to be able to serve the Lord and be perfect in the Lord, you can't own anything. And I've heard this time and time again, and, and it's sad to hear, because what it's basically saying is you got to be punished to be a Christian. Hmm. I mean, that's what it's saying. You have to be deprived to be without in order to be used and be able to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But that is not at all what Jesus is actually saying here to this young ruler. Right. And also, um, you know, we're called to be good stewards. That's right. You know, if you, if you don't own anything, how can you use it for the glory of God? That's right. That, yeah. That's a really good point, Rick. <laughs> that's exactly right. What, what he really was, was referring to, and we see that in the very last verse there, was that to this young ruler, you know what meant more to him than following Jesus? Was holding on to his possessions. Now that's the key. The key is not how much you have with that or what your what your, what's in your banking account, but what are you willing to to do with that or what are you willing to not do with that, I guess as well, you know, where does your heart lie? And that's what Jesus is getting at here. Is that if you was to sell all that, I would almost venture to say, and I could be wrong, I don't I'm not trying to put words in the Bible, but I would almost be willing to venture to say that if the man said, "Hey, no problem, it's a done deal." then Jesus probably would have said, hey, hold on, <laughs> you know, we could take this and that's fine. You could sell that. And then all that would be given away to the poor and probably used in the ministry of Jesus then too. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's it's not about the, the giving it away so you have nothing. It's about who's going to be first in your life. And that's what he was trying to tell the young ruler. Yeah. And whatever we have here on earth that we use for God's glory and his kingdom, we're making a deposit in a heavenly treasure. Right. And and I don't think we really see that or grasp that here in the natural. Yeah. Well, you know, so often, you know, what do you think about when you you wake up in the morning, you go to work. Why do you go to work? You go to work to gain a paycheck, mm-hmm. right? And then you get that paycheck, and what do you do with that paycheck? You take care of bills. You support your family. You you put food on the table. What You know, you use that money to buy things. And we get close-minded or close sights. Have you ever seen a horse on a, pulling a buggy? If you notice, the horse has blinders on the side. It keeps a focus directly on what's happening just in front of the horse and not off to the sides. We can get blinders on like that, too, going throughout our mundane days or whatever, going, clocking in, clocking out, going home, paying our bills, so on and so forth, that we get focused on that more than we get focused on anything else. So then we say we want to take that security away from that and say, hey, look, you know, that paycheck may come to an end. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we start freaking out. Go, what do you say? Hold up, hold up, hold up. I can't do that because of this. And what Jesus is saying here is that really, you know, if you're willing to give up all that and put me first, then all these things will be added onto you anyway. Right. Yeah. And like you said, it's a matter of where your heart is. Um, because in Matthew six, verse 24, it says, uh, we can't have two masters. You know, we can't serve God and mammon. That's right. And ma'am, the definition of mammon is, uh, material wealth that corrupts that corrupts 
that corrupts. Say it one more time. Yeah, material wealth that corrupts. That's right. So if you have material wealth but it doesn't corrupt you, mm-hmm. it's not mammon. Yep. You know, if you're using it for the glory of God and to bless others and, right. um, you know, you're taking of your overflow to bless others, you know, that's what God wants. That's right. So it's not just the fact that you have material blessings automatically makes everything corrupt or makes you a wicked sinner or incomplete spiritually. That's right. It's what you do with it. That's right. That's right. And God will bless, you know, whatever you put your hand to the plow with. Now, we, we've talked about this in previous uh, podcasts with it as well, too, that, you know, when you work hard, you get rewarded for those things, too. And And, and to be able to be a blessing is part of the call of us, you know, what we do is to bless others. And we, we want to show them that, you know, through a Christian life that uh, we have, that our God is our supplier and that the seed that we sow reaps a harvest. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, um, a uh, young rich man, you know, his, his, uh, security was in his wealth yeah. when it needed to be in God. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. All right, so that's one example there. What about, uh, let's look at another one here, and we're going to flip over into Acts. I'm going to Acts chapter 8. And in Acts chapter 8, we'll start in verse 18. We're going to see somebody else here who thought that money uh, could get something um, to where he wanted to go. And and I think we, we're pretty familiar with this as well, but we're going to start in verse 18. It says, when Simon saw, now this is not Simon as in Simon Peter. This is Simon the Sorcerer. And what had happened here was Simon the Sorcerer, prior to this, had done such great signs and wonders amongst the people that they all respected and revered him and thought highly of him. And when he saw what the disciples were doing, Simon was actually converted. Now, so we're talking about a born-again Christian right here, a Simon the Sorcerer. So now, after that's transpired, he's following with the disciples, and this is where we're at now. So, and when Simon saw that through the laying, uh, on hand, uh, laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. So Simon, as we saw, I don't know that really Simon was all about, like, ill, malicious intent. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I, I really don't think that's what Simon was after. I, I, he had a conversion. He was a follower of Jesus Christ. I really think that Simon was thinking, man, whatever I got to do, I want this. So so maybe I can buy this. But Peter has proven a point that it's not your money that gains the favor of God or the power of God. Yeah, and also, you know, he was a recent convert. So, you know, when somebody gets um, saved, they're not suddenly spiritually mature. That's right. You know, so he may have still had this idea of, hey, you know, I could use this ability to make money. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul, and, and Peter uses this as an example to him and as a teaching moment right there too. Cause we talked about rebuking and rebuking in love. There's correction in love as well. Mm-hmm. And Peter's basically telling him, Hey, look, you got to give this up. 
that thought, that mentality that you're holding, that your money can get you somewhere in this realm of spirituality with this is false. You got to let that go. You got to get rid of that and you got to get your heart right. And your heart, once it's set right, I'm telling you, will set you up for greater blessings that you could ever imagine. Right. And um, the inverse of that is true too. So we should never use money to try to gain spiritual things. That's right. And we should never use spiritual things to try to gain money. That's right. You know, if you have a ministry, it should be because you want to build the kingdom of God. If your motive is, hey, I could get rich off of this. Hey, I'm good at this. Maybe I can get really rich and have my own jet and my own boat and this, that, and the other. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're following in the footsteps of Simon's sorcerer here. That's right. That's right. And Ray, I got to tell you, I don't think we're going to get rich off of our podcast here, my friend. Uh, well, I think we're getting yeah. better, but I don't know that, yeah. uh, you know. Well, if we do, it, it all goes to the kingdom of God. That's right. That's right. That's right. It'll further it even farther than what we're able to send it out through now. But yeah. you're exactly right. I mean, and that is the point with it is, and not only that, if you have a ministry, but if you are attracted to a ministry, if you are seeing or being brought into a ministry and all of a sudden they're, they're seeing, uh, hey, uh, and I've seen this a thousand times, uh, buy our holy water. If you buy our holy water, you can be protected from the coronavirus. If you will send in a thousand dollar seed, you will receive ten thousand dollars in blessings. And, you know, if you'll notice that you watch those things because don't give in to those either. Those are ministries that are doing exactly what Simon are selling that. Mm-hmm. What Simon was exactly rebuked, re, rebuked for. Right. Each one of those things you mentioned, a person can acquire by faith. That's right. And by taking authority and speaking the word of God. That's right. All freely. Mm-hmm. That's been given to us. That was the gift of, of God. As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, that was the gift of the Holy Spirit when Jesus said that I, it's, it's advantageous for you that I go away. Right. So that Holy Spirit comes and whatever I have, I have from the father. And when he comes, whatever I have, he takes from me and gives it to you. Right. And that, you know, he talks about that in John. Yeah. You can't purchase with money, spiritual blessings. That's right. Um, that's right. But what we are going to see though, is how the Lord will make sure that we are provided for to be able to pass on spiritual blessings to others and all different types of avenues. And you know, let's listen, salvation is free. But ministry is expensive. Now, that's just the truth, okay? There has to be money spent in ministry to get the word out. We, we're, we're talking to you right now on equipment that we had to buy. Mm-hmm. This wasn't free. It wasn't handed down. We had to purchase equipment. But God provided the means for this equipment so that every good work here we're able to, to get through. And that's what we're going to get into now. Right. And, and when you went and bought this equipment, you didn't, you know, you weren't riding in your, your Buick or your Mercedes <laughs> no, that no. you purchased from donations, right? That's right. No, no, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Matter, yeah. Matter of fact, my, my Chevrolet Tahoe yeah. <laughs> is parked outside. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, money can't buy us, uh, spiritual blessings. You know, what, what usually does, and I'll point this out in more detail later is, Fulfilling the conditions of God's promises. Yeah. If we fulfill the conditions, then he'll do the promise. That's right. You know, and, you, and that's something you can't purchase. That's right. That's right. And you know, and that's great because then it's not dependent upon what I have, right? It's not. It's, exactly. It's, it's not dependent upon what I have. It's dependent on what I'm, you know, uh, willing to do with what I receive. So, so what do we focus on then? 
So if, if we focus on God and his kingdom and on the great commission and what we've been told to do and spread the gospel to the ends of the earth and seek to glorify him, then he will take care of us no matter what. And that's really what the conclusion of this is today. And we want to encourage you with this. So what do we focus on then, Rick? If we, if we, if it doesn't matter what we have in our pockets either way, what do we focus on? Well, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, not on our circumstances. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Right. Yeah, you know, um, there have been times in my life where I was running out of money, and it was like things, you know, I was having trouble getting a job or whatever, you know, because of recession or whatever, this, that, or the other. And But yet, month to month, through this unforeseen income or that unforeseen income, you know, I've always had enough to pay the bills and buy the food. Yeah, that's you right. Know? I don't have a Mercedes, <laughs> right? Right. But but I have enough to get by, right? But that's not to say that in five years from now you may be blessed to the point to own right. that Mercedes either, right? I mean, you know, you're, as long as your heart is not changed from here to there, mm-hmm. I believe that the blessings that you receive will multiply over time as mm-hmm. well too, or have the opportunity to. Yeah, and I think a lot of people experience where they've got bountiful seasons mm-hmm. and they've yeah. got uh, you know tough seasons. Yeah. You know, we, uh, pastors, always, I've been with, I've been with, and I've been without. It's always better to be with. But you know, Paul said the same thing. I right. mean, that's you know, that's what he said. And mm-hmm. all things, though, I learned to be content. And 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 that content, I think, is as a downplayed word. Content was not just like, eh, all right, you know. Content means that I know that my faith and trust rests in God. And that mm-hmm. since He's my, my my provider, I'm content in knowing that He is in control. Not me. Right. right. And along with that, you have a sense of well-being and, uh, and of joy, and, and you feel like everything's going to be okay. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, you're not you're not wrought with uh, anxiety. You know, you're not riddled with worry or doubt. Oh, no, you know, what? what how am I going to buy food next week? That's right. You no, know, you're content. You know that God's going to take care of you. That's right. Well, speaking of that, we're going to flip over to 2 Corinthians then. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to talk about, you know, sometimes what we have is, well, let's get back to those first two examples when we didn't have much, the one, the widows who didn't have much. And you go, oh, I need to hold on to this. I need to hold on to that. But again, what's your priority? And Second Corinthians 9, I'm going to start at verse 6 and we'll go from 6 to 8, says this, says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Right out the gate here. Now look, he who sows sparingly, let me ask you something, two mites to a woman who only had two mites, sowing those two mites, was that sparingly? No, no, that's all she had. Right. But two mites compared to a thousand mites, if you're doing that, looks differently, but it's the same. Uh, uh, and to her, it was a bountiful giving. That's all that she had was the two mites to give. Now, I'm not saying that you have to give everything uh, that you own away. But what I am saying, though, is that it comes right down here. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a chill forgiver. I don't write my tie check and give my tie check out of necessity. 
I write my tie check and give my tie check out of glory. I mean, really out of, out of not out of glory, but out of, out of, uh, rejoicing for the Lord that you've given me enough that I can write back only 10% to mm-hmm. give to you in a tithe. And that normally is not enough. That tithe goes straight to that, to the church. But then the offering piece of that is my overabundance of joy of how much he's taking care of me and giving it. So if you are are holding on and not sowing seeds, now, now this just isn't money either. This is time. This is, uh, this is, this is, uh, love. It, it is, is word spoken. When you sow sparingly in any of these, you're going to reap sparingly. But you know, God is the God of multiplication. And if you don't have much time, but you're willing to give the time away to someone else, do you know God can multiply your time in the day? I mean, he could do it. Uh, brother Billy was talking to me the other day and I was telling him, I said, man, I just got so much on my plate. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of running around and, and he stopped me and it was a great word. He said, you know, we serve a God of multiplication, Mike. Make sure you're giving God his time. And man, I said, you were exactly right. Let me get back on track with that. And so the first thing in the morning, I start giving back God a tenth of my day is 2.4 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I need to be giving God 2.4 hours of my time at minimal to me every day. And when I do that, God makes sure that there's enough time in my day. Same thing with all this. We sow when we reap. Yep. Well, folks, I hope today's message blessed you. We're out of time for today. If you've made it this far, we only have one more episode to go. We'll wrap this up in part three. That'll come out next week. But uh, until then, I'm Pastor Mike, and on behalf of myself and Brother Rick, have a wonderful week, and God bless.